Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask does not Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson. And for you freaky hoes out there, also known as Sebastian's Adams. Hello, how y'all doing? All right, on today's episode, we have just me. So... Yeah, this is that follow-up episode that I was talking about, about, you know, the um, psychosis thing, the trigger warning episode and whatnot. Um, So I'm just, I'm going off the cuff here, so uh, there's not going to be any, like, actual structure to this episode. I'm just here for the conversation. (laughs) I'm just here to talk, um, just to update everybody on where I am. Well, let's put it this way. That was a bit of recording from a year ago, Uh, a year ago, July and yeah again if you did not listen to it i am perfectly perfectly okay with that because it's it's um being extremely vulnerable uh during my um mental health crisis and yeah i just put it out there to put it out there um i'm also trying a new microphone situation so yeah if i sound extra loud I'm here for it. We'll talk about that later. Uh, we really won't. But yeah, so um, where was I going with this? Oh, I, I remember. So yeah, that happened last year. So I've been through my path of recovery. So uh, none of that is currently how I am feeling and whatnot. Uh, and yeah, mental health is important. So take care of your mental people really do take care of your mental. And sometimes it is beneficial to remove yourself from uh, the situations that you are, that can be a a job relationship or wherever the, wherever it is. Um, even taking a vacation away from your kids is, uh, can be important. Just putting that out there for those who may have kids, let them see their relatives, let them. Get your get yourself a mental break um, in the aftermath of uh, what happened. Well, you know, I can probably speak on the lead up to that breakdown and then go into the aftermath of uh, my recovery process. I don't know. I do not have any structure for this episode, y'all. I'm just being completely honest. I've decided, you know what? 
I've been doing a lot. I need a break. Uh, I want to take some time for myself and relax some and just um, record this when I feel up to recording. Um, and here I am. It's June. <laughs> and yeah, so uh, I'm now actually sitting down to record this episode and just talk about the things. Uh, I am going to make uh, a couple announcements uh, near the end, and I'm still debating if I'm going to actually do Never Have I Ever uh, and answer some um, sex questions while I'm here, because what would be the Holiloquy podcast without this shit? So, you know, I might as well, but I'm still debating it. It depends on how I feel. Um, but yeah, so over the years, uh, I've been not necessarily neglecting myself, um, because I will still make time for myself to, you know, do some self-care, to relax and whatnot, and just to be present, but I was not dedicating a lot of my mental space or even my emotional space to myself, uh, even uh, with going into that, I'm still trying to reconnect with my own emotional sides too, uh, because not saying that I um, buried a lot of my emotions. Um, one of the emotions I will say I did bury is anger, and I haven't been expressing my anger in a healthy way, meaning not expressing it at all. So um, that is one of the things that I'm still working on. But over the years, I focus more on other people, uh, making sure that they are feeling better than uh, making sure I'm present for myself and making sure that I'm doing well. So uh, that that had some impact into everything that I was feeling at that time, uh, as well as some of the stresses of my other uh, places I worked. I've learned that I cannot do the corporate world, which means I cannot do corporate mentality, which also means I cannot do any of the corporate politics and all of that other stuff because it's very triggering and it's just very dysfunctional and it's just not for me and being a person who likes his own freedom who likes his own space who likes to operate in spaces the way he wants to operate in the best and most efficient way being in that kind of environment just doesn't work well for me um, one of the things that i learned through my therapy processes is that i do love autonomy way too much to restrict myself like even having dress codes bothered me. Um, not to say I cannot adhere to a dress code, but every single dress code that has been given to me, I've always uh, find my, found my own way to still break that dress code, but, but still be in dress code. Like I will, I will wear sneakers uh, with, uh, with like a dress shirt and dress pants and all that other stuff because I like to be comfortable. And dress shirts and dress pants do not make me feel comfortable. It doesn't even make me feel like myself. Uh, it doesn't make me feel connected to anything other than corporate uh, ideology, the concept of professionalism, which doesn't sit well with me. So that's just some of that. Um, <clears throat> in addition to that, there were some outside traumas that I uh, faced over the years that I um, either um, did not address fully 
within therapy or even uh, with myself that I just was like, you know, I have more things that I need to focus on that are more pressing than that one minor issue. Um, I would say some of it was toxic positivity, but not all of it. And even with that, I mentioned this on um, some other episodes as well as with my um, Dismantle the Culture podcast, which I have an update on that as well. Oh my Jesus, I need to like, yeah, y'all don't judge me. Life be lifing. So um, yeah, uh, of my uh, past, you know, sexual assaults that have happened and uh, those do play a role in my mental health, but not as major role that it may have played with other people since uh, my um instances where nothing that was extremely violent uh, but still something dramatic um and something that i found myself going back into that mind space or that mindset um quite frequently and that impacted me um too and in being the person that i am which is a very loving emotion forward person and uh, who loves to engage with other people, though I am an introvert, and also sees the best in any person. And over the years within the positions that I held, there was not any, um, not necessarily anything pushing back into me, but I was in situations where I was constantly being drained. Um, because one, uh, since I, I was working with students at one point and uh, not all students are ready for college and are prepared to adjust to the real world, which is part of the reason why I enjoy life coaching and success coaching and things like that is helping um, build students and uh, other individuals up to a point where they can be or live a more sustainable life. In those positions, um, I saw a lot of the flaws within the system, let's put it that way, where uh, we're bringing students into positions where they're set up to fail. And I'm a student advocate first whenever I am working in higher education, and I'm going to vouch for my students, fight for them, and make sure that they get all the resources that they need, regardless of what the rules say. Uh, I'm going to be there for them because I don't want students to be failing um, just because the organization as a whole are just is just looking to bring in more money. So in a lot of those positions, um, I had to be the person who is fighting for the students, educating the students and helping them be sustainable and help them build themselves up, um, help them find their own personal autonomy, their own freedom and their own sense of self um, while also managing the what is expected of me within the corporate environment or the um, environment because i cannot say educational because it was not based in education at all um let's go with corporate that's the best way to put it it is the higher education these days is um uh, a factor for a corporation mindset to get people um to focus on how to go up the um to play the corporate ladder i guess and not necessarily to 
uh, fuel the minds and educate the people on what liberal arts and uh, colleges used to do um, to help you innovate. Um, so part of what I've, I've been doing these past few, um, few years is helping students find their role in innovation. And I know I spoke on my days in Geico um, on the podcast with Hakeem, but that even played a role in terms of my mental health and dealing with that, the verbal abuse from customers on a regular basis and uh, trying to find my exit. <laughs> I just, uh, it, it all just started to come down on me uh, over the years. And I would say the thing that really triggered me and really started to bring a lot of what I've been trying to not deal with to light or even uh, shake me to my core was the fact that, um, well, not even the fact that, but it's the pandemic in itself, uh, having to sit with myself uh, on a regular basis and not feel comfortable, which is something that I was used to being able to do. Um, that was something that literally was a slap in the face for me. Um, to realize that I no longer felt comfortable to be with myself or I no longer felt comfortable to be in my in the um, to be alone without any other person um, to you know feed off of because uh, before I even left to go to college. I was able to be alone in a room, read a book, listen to music, and not care what the hell was going on outside of the, the, those four walls. And I've, I had a sense of feeling home within myself. And that was something I no longer felt. And then after that, there was the, um, death of George Floyd and seeing those videos and that was another breaking point and that just uh, forced me to um, reconcile with the fact that I've been utilizing so many things uh, like so many distractions be it my phone those games um, social media to avoid feeling the feelings that I need to feel in those moments about what is happening to a lot of people who look just like me. Uh, and I, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. Let's put it that way. Uh, I was angry. I was sad. I was hurt. I was feeling all the feels in that moment. And I tried my best to try to bury that anger but it, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't doing what it needed to do. And uh, I often uh, say this, but not, I, have, I don't think I've said it on the podcast, but that summer, my code switch broke. And I'm so happy it broke. It never came back. <laughs> I'm happy it never came back too. So it, it, it broke. Uh, I was broken at that point. Actually, I came and said I was broken. I was fixed. I was repaired. Um, and at that point, I began to find my voice again. And I began to speak out a lot more like I used to and stop trying to 
manage the small things as best as I can and uh, sweep the big things under the rug that I had no control over. Um, so it, that's that was when I decided to, you know what, not care about what the big bosses needed to say or had to say and just tell people the truth regardless of um, trying to make the other people or wherever the institution I was uh, working for or uh, and by institution I mean any kind of organization that can be a uh, school that can be a call center any of that um, but I decided to rather make them feel good about themselves, make sure I feel good first, make sure that the person I'm communicating with have has the answers that they're looking for and let them know, look, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you something that um, does not make sense or um, create something out of nowhere and let you stay with that. If I don't know the answer, I just don't know the answer. And if I don't know anyone who has that, I'm going to tell you that too. Because we, even throughout this uh, pandemic, we've all been <laughs> in positions where, well, I can't really say we've all, but many of us have been in positions where we just don't have the answers to provide for anybody, regardless of how much or how helpful we're trying to be towards them. And I had to realize that is okay. And well, this is uh, to go on the concept of, uh, well, not concept, but this is to uh, relate some things. I, uh, just in case if you haven't started following uh, my friend's Nancy's podcast, Streaming in Color, uh, I definitely recommend uh, listening to uh, her podcast because it's amazing it's hella amazing but I also show up on her podcast to do an episode about a dream that I had during this time um, and I only say that because it, it is re relevant to this conversation um, that dream um, is the thing that provided me the answers that I needed to step out on faith and to you know do what I need to do to make sure I'm secure, to make sure I feel good, to make sure that I'm fighting for myself, um, and to also make some major changes. Um, as a result of that uh, dream, I um, <laughs> moved back home to Georgia. Um, I sold my car, uh, which was connected to a different dream, um, but that dream was part of that. Uh, I revamped and changed my life a lot. Um, and after I made that decision to move and come back to Georgia, uh, I had no place to really stay. I did not apply for any apartments. Luckily, I have brothers. Uh, and uh, I was able to stay with my brother for a month. Uh, I was able to uh, secure a job um, within that time frame, which is hella hard to do in higher education, y'all. Like in higher ed, you can uh, interview for a position in like January and not know if you got it uh, 
and well, sometimes you won't even know that you never got the position, but you uh, might be notified three months later that you've gotten the you were hired onto that position or something like that. Because for some weird reason, they take their time as though people are not really out here trying to transition out here. Because I don't get that. I'm not going to rant on higher education, y'all. I'm really not. That can, if y'all want to hear that rant, let me know, and that can just be a releasing the load episode and. I can go in. I can go fucking in. Um, <laughs> like, oh my God. But um, yeah, I uh, made that transition and I moved uh, to Statesboro for the position I recently had before I left higher education. Uh, and I, I probably should also mention um, there was also some incidences that happened in my prior job before I made that um that also impacted my mental health from like a death of a student uh, who i referred to as cousin um there was uh shootings that um a, a shooting that occurred on campus uh, and something that many people don't know when it does come to the first responders on campus it's not often the police officers um there's off, often those people who live in residence life because we do live uh, those people uh, like myself we lived on campus and we are the ones that people respond to the most they have our uh, numbers they have uh, connections to through the resident assistance they have all of that stuff so whenever shit hits the fan um <laughs> the people who live on campus are the first ones who are contacted uh, and then we go up the channels um but there was a lot of things that i went through um during my time in nashville that i don't talk about a lot um because it, nashville was traumatic for me uh, overall every single aspect of nashville was traumatic for me uh, from moving in uh, to a a roach infested fucking apartment, uh, which took me two to three weeks to get rid of all of those motherfuckers because, and a lot of money, not to mention that I, I moved to a new state y'all. So that <laughs> in the apartment itself um, was not, um, when I um, saw it the first day, it, I did not notice any of the, the roaches, but they left the door open um to make some repairs uh, during my moving process they also uh, there was a, a cardboard box that was left outside which i can kind of blame myself for that because it was my internet wi-fi um stuff so <laughs> i take that blame but uh when i even mentioned that to the people they were just like there's no way possible um and i'm like there are it's, it's hella roaches in here like there's a problem um and it took me getting my own strips um putting those down on the floor and having them come into the apartment to you know make out changes uh, of those strips uh, for them to realize oh this this man was not playing it is a lot up in here like people like I didn't bring those with me <laughs> like anyways so is it 
my time in uh, Nashville was very traumatic from day one, let's put it that way. Um, and uh, and it was a very nice neighborhood. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. It was a very nice neighborhood. I love the neighborhood. It was just that. Um, and then being in the position where I was unable to afford rent and whatnot, and it was a mess, y'all. It was a mess. Got laid off. Um, and remember, higher ed, it takes about three to six months just for you to get a job. Got laid off in January and didn't get hired to a position I applied for in April until, um, uh, I, I don't think I learned that I got the job until July. And the only reason I learned that I got the job was because I was uh, about to move to Ohio. <laughs> and the other person was like, oh yeah, nobody contacted you? Mm. I, I went on a, a, a tangent there, but Nashville, traumatic. It, it, I, for those who love it, I'm happy for you. Enjoy it. It's, it's a great place. It's a, it's a nice city. I'm not going to say it's not, but it's just not for me. I'm not going back there. I'll, I can visit, but I'm not going back to live there. Not at all. Uh, I, I'm, I'm done with the trauma. Um, but yeah, it's yeah it's it's that should have been my sign to get out of higher education then but you live and you learn but yeah uh after dealing with all the shit in nashville and getting back home to georgia um uh, i made it a mission to focus on <clears throat> to focus on therapy now Prior to this, I have to mention, I became a huge fan of the Tick and Talk. So I was definitely on TikTok. And I like to just, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt and their experiences and stuff like that. And just let them, you know, talk about their lives and um, whatever is engaging is engaging. And I like it. I like it. But <clears throat> the way that uh, TikTok operates because they they do focus on making sure people know that you do need to take a break. But once you're addicted to something, you're just addicted to it. So regardless of the little warning that hey, you've been scrolling for some time now, uh, you probably should give it, give it a break. No, I'm addicted at this point. I'm going to ignore that and keep on going. So by reviewing a lot of the uh, TikTok content, TikTok content, and all these people doing <clears throat> this conspiracy theory, that conspiracy theory, and all this other stuff, and me already being interested in, like, space stuff, and then also being interested in, the un um, like, spirituality. TikTok, for some, somehow, was able to um, utilize their algorithm to cater all of the, that experience to a point where I became, I would say, uh, radicalized in a sense, um, to where I started to believe some of the conspiracies that was go um, going around, because literally, I'm not a flat earther, but based off of some of those videos, I could understand uh, why some people actually believe that there's a flat earth, because I, I look, at, look at a lot of things from a level of... Um, um, skepticism, but also accept that it, it may be possible. So because of that may be possible uh, aspect of it all, I began to 
believe some of it. And um, I will say by this point, I'm at, I'm in November. So in November, uh, I'm watching these conspiracy uh, videos. I'm also looking into politics a lot more um, um, because you know who we had as a president at the fucking time, that, that turd. <clears throat> Also trying to make sure that I vote and everything, just doing everything that I need to do uh, politically and just even looking at all the stuff that was going on in the world at the time in terms of politics was enough to really, really shake me up too. Um, because one, we had the pandemic where nobody know what the fuck was going on, the stereo that has been going into everybody because of not knowing what the fuck is going on, not knowing if a cough is the thing that's going to lead you to death. We don't have a cure. We don't have a vaccine. Uh, we have, uh, we already live in a very, anxiety-driven society. We have murder on murder on murder. We have all these mass shootings, which is also known as massacres. So we're going to call a thing a thing. All these massacres happening. We have um, uh, uncertainty, uncertain, uncertain, whoa, my good, uncertain. Okay, uncertainty. Whatever the fuck that word is, I cannot talk right now, <laughs> even though I'm talking. Uh, we're very uncertain about what our future is going to be because, you know, pandemic and the orange turd is president. Uh, we have a lot of foolish shit happening where you have a, one political party that's just taking a kneel, uh, kneeling with Kente Claus and not actually trying to change it. Um, those bastards. You have um, just so much shit going on. It was a dumpster fire and we're still in that dumpster fire. Let's put it that way. And all of these things and the only sense of what might be reality is the escape of TikTok. So this is where my mind was at the time. Okay, yeah. Um, and then starting this new position, and I literally told the, um, that staff that my main goal here is to work with the students and the students only. I'm not trying to do anything outside of that. I'm not trying to be on any kind of committees, any of that. I'm just trying to work with the students and make sure the students are doing better. Uh, make sure that they're making their way through everything that's going on to be empathetic to them, to be understanding and help them develop the skills that they need to be successful. Uh, and I was able to do that. Like with all the shit that was going on with me mentally, I handled that shit like a G because <laughs> high functioning y'all. I wear that with the, I, that's my badge of honor, okay? Even though it's, it's bad, it's bad, y'all. <laughs> it's okay to not be okay. And I should not be using, uh, like, holding that as a badge of honor, but I'm going to hold it as a badge of honor because in those moments, I was able to compartmentalize my own trauma just so I can be there for my students to make sure that they were great. But I should have also not been in that position because I needed to focus on myself first. But, you know, you got to pay bills in order to live. So, yeah, the best option was to compartmentalize at the top. So, <laughs> yeah, so um, 
I um, decided that, you know what, because these, uh, this is the only position I've ever been in, the only organization I ever worked in that actually is taking mental health seriously in the sense that they allow you to take mental health days. Uh, well, use your sick leave to take a mental health day. Um, so I was like, you know what? I want to do something great for this institution while I'm here. So I started working on a side project because I like side projects. I like to make my job easier <laughs> at the end of the day. So uh, I decided to do something that I wanted to do uh, for my former institution I worked at to uh, enhance the lived experience for the students. And in doing that project, I thought I was, well, I was working with another um, co-worker at the time who also left that position um, to build this platform for students so that they know all the resources that's available to them on campus um, because that's the thing that really um, impacts students when they do not know their resources they do not know that they have tutoring options they have centers on campus that deal with diversity equity inclusion they have um, potential um, programs that might help them with their housing or even uh, food um, dispar um, disparities and things like that. So having a, a one-stop place where you can access this, uh, where you don't have to search the college uh, website because people don't like to search for one. People don't also don't like to read. So just making things a little bit more convenient to the current generation of college students. Um, so we were working on that, but somehow that side project became a mandatory thing, which really, really hurt. Um, and it really dampened my mood to complete. Um, my, and it became mandatory after January 6th. So I think that might've been <laughs> uh, something that played a role there. And speaking of which, I laughed when that happened, y'all. And I know you're, uh, someone might be like, oh my gosh, why would you do that? Because I'm Black in America. And I realized that we will never be able to have the opportunity to do anything that foolish uh, without all of us dying. And I found it hilarious because I knew that none of them were actually going to see any kind of true justice or any of them are actually going to be tried uh, appropriately. That's like why I still continue to laugh at this uh, stuff that's dealing with Trump on, on the political lens because it's like we all know the truth here and <laughs> y'all are acting like we don't know the truth but okay y'all do y'all. Um, protect whatever y'all need to protect. Y'all are foolish. I don't I don't got the time to think about their foolishness on that level anymore. Uh, I can only focus on myself and my community, uh, meaning those who are surrounding me, uh, and as well as the Black community, too. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was going on. <laughs> Tangents, y'all. Tangents. I try. I, I I try to stay on topic, but it's hard. It's, it's the ADHD in me, um, which you know, I'm not going into that. I'm not going to that. Um, but yeah. So, um, my main focus, most definitely, with that new job, was to make sure that I um, 
was uh, focusing on therapy um, and utilizing whatever mental health resources I needed at the time. Uh, mind you, I started therapy well before I got into that position. I think um, I was uh, paying for therapy since October of that year out of pocket. Um, and because I was no longer in the state of Tennessee, I really had to pay out of pocket because the school I was in, um, was in Tennessee. And, oh, just, just a fun fact for those who may be in college, um, your, most of your tuition that you pay, um, does, well, I can't say on, on all colleges or at all colleges, but in, uh, vast majority. If you're paying tuition, your tuition uh, allows you to have free therapy, but also recognize that if you're uh, taking classes online, which I was, the therapist may not have licensure for whatever, whatever state that you're in. So regardless of what you're paying in tuition, you will still probably have to pay out of pocket for uh, therapy. But if you are in that state and your school covers it uh, fully, uh, regardless of undergrad, grad level, you do qualify for free. Well, you can have free therapy um, at your institution's expense because most campuses do have um, uh, counselors available to you. So if you need it, utilize it. Um, but yeah, so within my therapy process, uh, I learned that I do have PTSD, which I already knew, uh, OCD, which I should have known, but didn't really recognize that I had OCD. So usually if I say, I, oh, it's the OCD acting up, uh, I was kind of just, you know, being facetious. But <laughs> um, yeah, literally do have OCD. Uh, I knew about um, having depression already because I recognized the signs a long time ago. Uh, and I also knew about, uh, I did not know that uh, I had, I think, is it, is it major anxiety disorder? Um, I have an, an, another anxiety disorder, um, which is also how I know, how I know I'm high functioning and shit, because <laughs> badge of honor. And then, uh, I recently found out about the ADHD thing, so still not getting into that. But, yeah, uh, that's where I learned these things, and... During my therapy sessions, uh, I began to no longer feel as though I can trust my therapist. And at first it was great. Uh, our relationship was um, very good. I was able to communicate with her and have uh, talk about whatever, but it was not necessarily um, like, her race that had an impact, but it was her actions that made me not want to trust her anymore. Because one of the things that I told her is that I did not want to um, try any kind of medications. Uh, and if I did try any medications, I'd rather it be medical marijuana. Speaking of which, I was also smoking a lot of recreational, um, not 
well, I guess recreational marijuana, because, you know, I had a plug, um, but it was vaping uh, in edibles that I was doing, and THC is not for me. That also was something that <laughs> uh, started to cause me to uh, start hallucinating, so, well, I wouldn't say it was the THC, but the Delta 8 that I had this one random time that caused me to hallucinate, and that contributed to uh, my psychosis somewhat, as well as the medication that I was on because I was getting off of one and starting up another one. And now this does not mean do not take medication because uh, not every person requires medication, but some people do require medication. I just happen to be one of those people who did not require medication. And because my therapist was pushing it so much uh, for me to try it, that's the only reason I tried medication. Um, and uh, her pushing it and me having the um, that reaction uh, because of the drugs is the reason why I did not trust her anymore. Um, and as well as when she was trying to keep me in uh, like meeting with her when I had already vocalized that I might be interested in seeing another therapist and uh, for me it was more towards her completion her uh, completing her hours that she needed rather than making sure that I was taken care of properly uh, in terms of my mental health so that is where that distrust came from um so, uh, of course, uh, I felt guilted, <laughs> so I continued to see her uh, on an ongoing basis until uh, eventually our sessions ended because she went uh, moved to a different uh, position. Uh, she finished all her clinical hours because, you know, sometimes when it comes to finances and you know you cannot afford like a, a fully licensed therapist, you, you, you go with the, the cheaper option. That's where I was at. Uh, and it's nothing wrong with going, uh, like seeing uh, a student who's, you know, still learning their, the ropes. It's nothing wrong with it. They have to get their, um, their hours somehow. So definitely is not to dissuade anyone from seeing someone who is a, a clinical student, because a lot of them do, they do have the talent that is needed. Um, but again, this is the same therapist who said that um, <laughs> uh, she felt as though that she was in her in therapy sessions rather than me being like I was essentially her therapist. You know? The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss include kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation.
this is the same therapist who said that um, <laughs> uh, she felt as though that she was in her in therapy sessions rather than me being like I was essentially her therapist and that, that's not that's not appropriate and that was also another reason because that happened after my little mental um the drug hallucination that happened like uh three weeks after that so yeah um so i no longer trusted her <laughs> that, that that's the the gist of that conversation and um that made me um that made me lean more on to the TikTok stuff rather than focusing on anything that she was telling me. So I started to practice a lot more escapism, which included smoking a little bit more uh, of, of my vape, um, uh, as well as getting more on TikTok, um, trying to deal with uh, 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 my political reckoning, uh, which is Let's, let's go into that. So uh, what I'm saying as a political reckoning is just realizing that, you know, our politicians really do not give a fuck about us. Um, and uh, a lot of that I saw was going on, but I was giving them the benefit of the doubt, regardless of how much I've saw that their actions weren't really doing anything. Because when you look at the last... Um, our years under the orange turd, we were, um, that's disrespectful to turds everywhere, but um, <laughs> while we were under that leadership, um, you, you get all, you get all the good words that are being spoken. You, uh, you get all the talking points to empower the people who are uh, following um, the, those who are on the democratic side so you're feeling validated and you're feeling seen but looking uh, looking at things in a different perspective of a timeline of when the dems let's put it out there had power how they chose not to do anything for people <laughs> but did a lot of things for show and representation only that's the thing that I had to reconcile with and recognize that, oh, they really, when they say representation matters, they're only caring about representing uh, in a visual way and not actually doing anything to really change. If you're at, not at that point, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, if you are, hey, love to see you. Um, and if you just don't believe that, that's, that's fair too. Um, this is only my perspective and what I've seen. If you've seen anything different, I I would love to see what you have to say, and you, you're more than welcome to share it. And this doesn't mean that they do not do anything every now and again that's good for people, but every now and again isn't enough for me anymore. Um, I, I want to see drastic differences. I want to see drastic changes. I want to see um, things that really impact me today and not tomorrow. Uh, I don't want to continue to wait. Uh, I I don't want to be, because we've been waiting for reparations since 1864. Uh, probably, um, it, shoot, we've been waiting for that even before then, but when the actual terms of we should 
uh, provide reparations. I think it was actually 1867. Uh, but whatever the case may be, we've been waiting. Uh, we've been waiting to be seen as actual human beings since 1619. So how much more do we have to wait for? And that's where I'm at at this point uh, in terms of politics. But yeah, where was I? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I decided that I am definitely going to be doing some Never Have I Ever. Never Have I Ever because, oh my gosh, this is going on long. I did not think I would be here this long. And I'm just talking and talking and talking. Oh my, and I'm not even done with the fucking year. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So, well, I'm in May now. So, uh, <laughs> we're still in trauma. So, yeah. Um, after after my uh, sessions ended, uh, if y'all have any additional questions, not necessarily about that video, um, feel free to uh, send me an email at info at slatersplayhouse.com. Um, or I, I, I'm actually planning on doing something uh, to take sex questions from the audience uh, and whatnot, but I'll, I'll talk about that later. And it's going to be like after the break. You know, I'll talk about that later. Y'all will hear that soon, okay? That's all, that's all you need to know. It's coming for you. It's coming soon. It's coming, y'all. Ski, 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 ski. <laughs> I'm so disgusting. Oh my God. Someone is going to be very disturbed by that. And I'm okay with that. I'm sorry that I, I'm sorry. I'm very, I'm really sorry, but that, that was, that needed to be done. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're in May now. In May is when I was with um, debating if I wanted to stay on until uh, at that position to December or just go. Uh, I also knew that my uh, rent was going to be up soon. Uh, and I wanted to move to a different place that provided me a lot more space. Um, and so I was looking around the city for that kind of uh, the space that I was looking for um, that had a price that I was comfortable with that will allow me to stay in Statesboro. And oops, oh, oh, well, there we go. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, to allow me to stay in Statesboro, to allow me to... Um, um, feel comfortable while still, you know, working on the job um, for those next few months or so, while still continue to build up Slater's Playhouse to the point to where I want it to be. Um, that will give me some time uh, and space for myself. Um, I was even contemplating if I wanted to renew my lease, um, all of that. So it was a lot of um, big decisions that I need to, needed to make. Um, and I, I literally thought that I was going to still be in that job until December of 2021. I, I really thought that, I really did. Um, that was my expectations, but as the, days went by, the more and more I was going into a, a deeper depression, a deeper um, state of hysteria, a deeper state of psychosis, a deeper um, disconnect 
from reality as well as myself. So uh, even my spiritual self, because I even purchased books to like try to connect with different uh, religions, different beliefs, uh, because I, I was never a very religious person. And I am not a fan of ritual behavior in terms of um doing certain things every morning or doing certain things every night or whenever the moon rises or whenever it sets. It, I, I just cannot do that um, because ritual, ritualistic behavior seems very restrict, restricting to me and it uh, removes me from the uh, concept of having personal autonomy. So I just can't, I, I don't do it because of that. Um, and I was also in the process of looking for additional uh, uh, like part-time jobs or even um, uh, a, a job that paid more than what I was making in higher education, which uh, I have to hand to my um, previous therapist because she legit was like, Vernon, I don't think you should be working for anybody because um, there's not too many places that does not have that corporate mindset. And uh, I, I will tell her, well, you know, I will make excuses um, from what she told me, but she was completely right. I cannot work for other people. Um, I can do part-time for other people, but I cannot work full-time. Um, <laughs> I cannot. So um, eventually, um, I got to a point where I decided to um quit that job of course but i did not quit the way i would have wanted to quit so um after having to travel a lot um to you know make sure things is going well with my family and mind you i lost like three cousins within this time frame um like cousins I grew up with not like a older my mom's cousin kind of situation no like cousin cousins like within 10 years of age uh, or five years of age or even younger so um, that was also playing um, playing heavily on my uh, mental too so I um I think it was um nope no, no I, I think June was just a lot of me doing a lot of work that I didn't sign up for. Uh, <laughs> so that that was also annoying me too. Uh, and then also um, trying to still develop this project that was now mandatory, in a sense, um, the expectation that was definitely coming. And so myself and the person that was working on that project, um, because she was already on her way out the door um, and I was still contemplating. So um, um, it got to a point where we were just trying to find people who will replace us and that can still get this project done um, so that it can benefit the students because uh, there, there was a need for it. And a lot of people saw that need, which was great. But um, yeah microaggressions and lack of trust from other people it, it it does also play play it played on my mental health too but outside of that there was a lot of things that was um being added onto my plate that i didn't ask for um 
you're, you're giving me a plate of onions. I, I said no onions. Um, I wanted carrots, bitch. Like, give me the carrots that I wanted. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, shit was going on. And I decided um, that, you know, I'm going to try to stick this out. If I could find a place to move to uh, here in this area, I'm going to stay. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to put up with this foolishness. I'm going to make sure that we get everything taken care of. And then July 9th, where everything start crumbling down, where I just had the mindset that, okay, either we're going to become zombies and zombies are going to be it. These aliens are going to come down and just snatch us up, like, go ahead and do it. Um, <clears throat> like all this stuff and let's talk about that because I, I i might have mentioned it in the that recording or not but i really did believe that concept like of uh reptilian reptilian race and all this other stuff being politicians because let's be real um not saying that they are um but where i was uh, mentally, I can see how people believe that because what human being is going to let other humans suffer as much as we've allowed people to suffer in this damn country? Uh, how we actively start wars, how we actively um, restrict people's rights, how we actively impoverish other people. And after thinking about all the atrocities and all the trauma that our government honestly has put a lot of people through um, and even um, realizing, because I did not know this until, um, I, I will have to say TikTok. Uh, and then after TikTok, I went on YouTube um, to <laughs> explore this a little bit deeper and also look at some uh, news stories too. But I did not know that they used to broadcast war footage on television, on like mainstream media, so people can watch people die overseas. Um, that's gruesome. That is disgusting. That is not acceptable. Uh, and I, I'm saying that just for myself personally. If you like that, okay. Um, I'm judging you. I'm not even going to lie. I am judging you. Um, and just that concept reminded me of the things that was going on through slavery that a lot of people were okay with. Um, and this is also why I do have a little bit of a level of mistrust, uh, distrust in white people, uh, most definitely here in the South, because you all used to bring your children to watch the hangings of Black people and celebrate that. You used to watch them be barbecued alive. You used to watch them be castrated alive. You used to watch them be dragged, whipped, all of these things. And you reveled in those thoughts and you enjoyed it. And just that inhumane treatment was enough for me to believe that there's no way possible any other human being will allow that to happen or even enjoy in those moments. Because who would? 
who would treat another human that if uh, unless they are not human and that's the thing that allowed me to believe in those conspiracy theories but now most definitely now that i am more attached to reality these days that also allowed me to see that these people just hate us that much that it's easier to do that or most definitely when it comes to our government they're greedy enough to allow that to happen because they just don't care for our humanity it's not that they're a different race it's not because they're a different breed it's not because they're uh uh, extraterrestrial beings are um, extra. What's the other words uh, that I learned over the years? Uh, well, last in the last two years, um, uh, it's not extraterrestrials, but um, huh, extragalactic? No, no, no. No, I forgot the word, uh, <laughs> but it's not because they're alien or anything like that. It's because they're greedy human beings who do not value life in that's just calling it what it is. And I hate that for a lot of people. I hate that for myself. I hate that for others. But that is where we are. Um, even when you think back to all of these um, things that have been la uh, happening, these last few months with uh, massacre after massacre after massacre, and all we can do is just have talking points and not actually make any legitimate change, regardless of how many people this is harming and how many people are in support of making these changes, but the profit motive of it all, the amount of money I can have come back to me if I say nothing or if I say the right thing. And it's disgusting. And um, I'm happy I'm in a, a place to recognize that as what it is. Um, do I still see the humanity in them? I do, um, because I will, will not allow myself to be whoever they are or whatever they are, whatever mindset they have to the point where they do not care enough for human life. But... It's, it's still disgusting regardless. Uh, and it's very inhumane. And yeah, I, I just had to put that out there. So yeah, that, that, that brought me to the point where I'm at now. <laughs> uh, well, at, at that point, that's what um, brought me to July. I think it was July 9th. Uh, might've been um, give or take two, or, uh, two days or so. And after that point, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, if, if there is some alien overlord or even God, whatever, just take me out today. Just take me out because clearly I don't belong here and <laughs> I don't need to be here. I'd rather be somewhere else. Um, treated as a human being I, I would rather be anywhere other than this damn planet um that's essentially where my mind was at that point and um yeah i i, I truly did ask 
to just be put out. Uh, I was resolved in that moment of just dying because what else was there to live for? Um, I don't want to live to work. I don't want to work to live. I want to live a life where I feel whole. I want to live a life I feel, feel satisfied with. Um, and now where I am today, uh, I'm going to go into that a little bit in more detail too, but I realized that a poem that I wrote, which is also in the essential guide on how to be a hoe, um, the printed version, if y'all haven't gotten it, if you want to get it, the, it's going to be in the descriptions, um, the show notes and whatnot, but um, it, I realized that the poem I wrote, Challenge Accepted, came back. Uh, and I just want to read that um, because it, it's, it's kind of surreal at this point. But it says, tonight, well, challenge accepted. Tonight, I challenged God. I told him if I woke up the next morning, I must have a purpose on this earth. I meditated, I medicated. Two ibuprofens, a shot of NyQuil, and some sips of vodka. I knew these things were not going to kill me. I knew I would survive. My challenge was not for me to die, but for me to be renewed. I wanted to awaken pain, agony, my guts pulling themselves out of my throat. I wanted to experience, I wanted the experience of having my stomach pumped. I wanted to feel something. I cried last night. I wanted to be the person remembered. I wanted to be eulogized, mourned, victimized. My life had no meaning other than to help those who wished to spit in my face. I had earned the role of my oppressor, though I would never do such a thing. I am the oppressed, but my identity is forever taken by my oppressor. He gives me his title. My oppressor name, ooh, my oppressor never does anything wrong. It is always my fault. Yet, I cried last night. My oppressor hammered the numbers 12, 13 into my back, the year of my ultimate downfall. My oppressor, sorry, I used the wrong title. The oppressed was the bringer. The oppressed verbalized his hatred. He gave me a new name. He, never, he named me fat, nigger, faggot, dyked. Ooh, I messed that up. He named me fat, nigger, faggot, dyke coon and bitch but it was okay for him to do so he was the oppressed what good would it do for me to have an identity i am the oppressor i kept the walk i kept the walkways and living areas free of litter but the oppressed was not happy the whip fell to my back i ensured what the whip fell to my back I ensured that the oppressed was kept safe, but I was left out in the cold. I sent encouragement, though I was spat on and kicked in the ribs. I listened to the oppressed troubles, but the abuse was soon to emerge again. The abuse always varied between verbal and emotional trauma. I thought of the knife again last night. It was during the crying festival that I became accustomed to. This, um, this time, the knife went vertical. 
The knife never touched my skin, but mentally, the knife ran through my skin plenty of times. More like 85 or more times. The knife was an old friend of mine. He was named the Liberator. His task was to set free the oppressed from the oppressor, which was me. The only way to do so was to kill the oppressor. Suicide was no solution to this problem. Those who commit suicide were said to be heading to hell. Why would I want to go back into the situation I was already in? 12, 13 was my hell. I was whipped for not being too clean, spat on for holding back harsh words, kicked for caring too much, shot for being too much of a friend, stabbed for lying to myself about the oppressed comings and goings, stripped of my humanity for trying to see the oppressed in a better light. Last night, I challenged God. When I woke up, I felt disappointed. I wanted to feel something again, but... What I felt was all the pain that I became accustomed to thanks to the oppressed, my oppressor. That is a poem I wrote back in college. And when I say it's surreal, it's, it's very surreal. I didn't think that it was going to be something that came back. Uh, and that was a poem that represented something that I was feeling in um, 2012, 2013, whenever I wrote it. Um, it was also something that I was um, feeling uh, when I was reflecting on a time in my life uh, in high school where I did want to commit suicide. And it wasn't necessary. I wasn't abused. Let's, let's put it that way. I was not uh, uh, physically abused as a child. I was not. Um, uh, was there a little bit of emotional abuse? Yeah, a little bit of verbal abuse. Yeah, uh, that we that's a part of mostly all Black people's lives, let's be honest. Um, but um, it, it, it reminded me of that point when I was writing that. Uh, it also, um, I was going through a lot uh, in college too. And trying to rediscover myself and um, also process those feelings uh, when I was a lot younger. Uh, and this is um, before actually um, seeing anyone um, <laughs> within um, the realms of psychology, even though at the time I was hell of a psychology major at the time and switching to a psych minor. I love psychology. That also helped me reflect on some of the stuff that I was going through and helped me vocalize and verbalize what was uh, my experiences. And to be able to know that certain things were not okay, to be able to understand that this is what other people are doing, most definitely when it comes to like projection and projecting onto others. Uh, terminology that not too many people know. And oh my God, this has been close to an hour or has it already been an hour? Good God, I am talking y'all. Um, so I'm just, I'm happy that y'all are still here. If you're still on, uh, listen to this episode. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you for listening to what I have to say in, in my experiences and my vulnerability. And I 
truly, 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 truly appreciate you. Uh, it, it is coming from a place of love. Um, but yeah. Oh my, I'm in a uh, close to an hour being in this episode and I'm still addressing the trauma that I was in. Y'all, that 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 tells you a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of shit going on. Um, um so yeah, that that happened in uh, uh the psych psychotic episode, the uh, psychotic break. And after that, I decided that you know what? this job is not worth it. Living here in the city is not worth it. Um, I need to be closer to people that, uh, well, not necessarily closer to people because I do have a very tight-knit friend group and who we support each other, uh, even though I don't always turn to them um, <laughs> for a lot of the shit that's going on, but I do turn to them um, most definitely whenever I am feeling some type of way uh, and things are um, impacting me, um, in this moment of my life, I did not, um, because when you're dealing with breaks in reality, you tend to not, uh, know who you can or willing to trust, um, and it's not that I necessarily did not trust them, but I also did not, um, feel as though it was their responsibility to like necessarily bring me out of whatever the fuck was going on. Um, so of course, went to a professional, uh, Eddie, shout out to Eddie. Um, <clears throat> so after that break, I, um, um, I should try to seek out sponsorship with them uh, with BetterHelp because it did help me. Um, but I reached out to uh, I reached out to a friend to see exactly what was the service that she used. And she was like, oh, yeah, it's this better help. So uh, I, oh, thank you, Kia, by the way. Uh, that's the friend who I reached out to. I don't know if she even listens to the podcast, but um, I reached out to her and uh, she sent me uh, a link to the website. So I signed up. I uh, was matched with the therapist. This was like a week-long process too. So I matched with the therapist. Uh, I sent what was going on with me and what I needed help with. Um, and then we set up our first initial meeting. And um, the first thing that he asked me to do is reach out to a couple people that I trusted. And um, just go from there. And that's what I did. I uh, shared what was bothering me with a, a friend of mine from Macon. Um, uh, and also my uh, law sister. And they were they were my support group at that time. And, <clears throat> and literally just went from there. Um, so now it is transitioning over to the recovery side of things. Oh, um, mind you, I though um, I was bringing myself back into reality, I also saw some strange shit that I don't know if it was just my mind or if it was just uh, angles or if it was just 
wherever the fuck, I don't know. Um, like there was this moment I just, when I was in Memphis, I saw a plane that was just suspended, <laughs> not moving. And I was like, okay, what the fuck is going on? And I also didn't want to figure out what the fuck was going on too. I have to admit that uh, I could have stopped my car and pulled over to see if this plane was actually suspended in midair or see if there was like anything there. But I was like, you know what? Let's not. Uh, I'd rather just keep moving forward. And that's what I chose to do. I chose to continue to move forward. Um, and after I, because uh, I ended up within, from July 9th to like August, whatever, I think August 1st, uh, I was able to uh, secure an apartment here uh, where I'm at now. Um, back home. Uh, I didn't let anybody know that I was moving back home. I only told like a, a couple people. Um, no, I didn't tell any of my family at all because I didn't want them to know uh, because I wanted to take uh, time and take up the space for myself to focus on myself only. Uh, I increased my student loans. Uh, I know, I know, I know. I still want those bitches canceled. I'm not even going to lie. I cancel those shits, but I increased my student loans so I can have a, a stipend that will pay off, uh, pay for therapy, as well as pay for my bills and um, help me set up my own living arrangement so that I can have a bed, have a TV and all this other stuff. Everything that I pretty much got rid of over the years with um, living in uh, <laughs> residence life and whatnot, uh, living on campus. Uh, Y'all, over the past 10 years I purchased three beds like beds are expensive so yeah um, so yeah um I, I had to replace a lot of um furniture that I lost over the years so <clears throat> or even the furniture I didn't have like I did not have um an actual desk for my office um so uh, I did end up replacing some of that, um, but I took out a massive student loan just so that I can have enough money to focus on my mental health, um, have food in my refrigerator, have um, a place to lay my head, uh, so paying for rent, take care of my car, uh, car insurance and whatnot uh, for a few months until I was actually ready to get back into the workforce. Uh, and even with talking to Eddie, uh, he even confirmed I, I was not in the place to be working for a long time uh, because of the traumas that I've experienced over the years um, and that I really do need a break. <laughs> so I, I allowed myself to take that break. And um, so from, what was it, July all the way up until, uh, do, 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 do. I think my last session with Eddie was in January. Uh, that's what I was doing. I was uh, focusing on myself, um, preparing to 
get back into the workforce because I, I did start working during that process, but, uh, but I also did not work anything full time. I had to only work something that could sustain my bills and make sure I did not go hungry. And that's all I could do. And that was all I can focus on. Um, um, and the one thing that I did take away from uh, my initial conversations with Eddie is that he let me know that um, I fit the category. Well, in our discussions, he said that he, um, most of the people that he spoke to that I um, went along with in terms of like my own mental health were people who've been at war people who've um, been in the military for some time and actually seen war and that that hit 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 me like to the core because I was like so you're telling me that I've been so stressed out that I'm essentially a soldier at this point like this this is not okay like what the fuck <laughs> um sir none of that so um yeah that's that's pretty much what was going on after the uh, mental breakdown and um it there were some other things that uh happened uh outside like that did also impact my recovery process like taking care of other people um <laughs> that i did not ask to have to take care of but um that same person is uh, I'm no longer taking care of them so they're I don't know what what he's up to these days um as a family member uh, love love them though love them but one of the things that uh I had to re uh, reconcile with is that for me to be well I do have to make sure I make myself a priority and because I was making other people a priority for so long in my life that it got to the point where I had uh, a mental breakdown, I'm not in the position to um, take care of other people, which is why you've heard on um, the uh, other episodes where I will be talking about um, not necessarily just dating with intent, but knowing that I cannot date someone where I know I have to, um, do everything for them. I, I can't do codependency because of that. I cannot be in a relationship where I have to be my work self in the household where I, I literally require somebody where I can just be basic as fuck because I don't want to be in that mindset where I have to take care of somebody else on a regular basis. Um, now, of course, this does change. This will change over the years, but where I'm at today, I just cannot do that. And this is another reason why I do date with intent when it comes to finding a, a partner is because I want someone that we do work off of each other, that we um, do allow each other to um, feel fulfilled on a regular basis, that we can both show up whole within the uh, situation in our relationship. And neither one of us have to be um put in more than we need to that we can just just show up 
we can both be basic together um, and just thrive that way. So, um, yeah, uh, of course, had to do a lot of talk therapy. Um, <laughs> um, I had to do uh, a lot of journals. Um, I do still have my shadow work uh, journal, but I have not written in it in a while. But I need to get back into that. I've um, through therapy is what developed the uh, I, the concept of uh, Sebastian's Adams. Sebastian, a name um, that I had for myself back in the MySpace days. Um, but Zadams, because I'm too delicious for Zaddy, like <laughs> of course. But um, that is uh, uh, where that came from, and that is a way for me to just express myself however I want to express without it really impacting anything related to my work life or my business life is just there that's why um Sebastian like the little the artwork that I do uh is under Sebastian's um page and whatnot because that is one outlet where I don't have to show up for anybody else. I don't have to show show up for anyone other than myself. And who? Oh, side note: through, during all of this shit, I was also going through like a lot of shit with, uh, like in the academic world, because I was working towards earning my doctorate, and there was some racist people in my class, y'all, uh, in my cohort, and. That was a, a, <laughs> a lot to deal with, too. So it was a lot of shit that I was dealing with, y'all. But um, yeah, and here I am today. I have my doctorate. I have my business. I have my podcast. I have my friends. I have my sanity. I'm within reality. I'm doing things to make myself happy. I am working. Um two part-time jobs. Uh, I'm still in school, uh, working on my fourth degree. Uh, let's talk about that for a second. So uh, if you if if you um, heard the episode <laughs> with Nancy, um, she even mentioned I got degrees on degrees, um, because I do. I have my high school diploma. I have a Bachelor of, um, Bachelor of Arts in Creative Writing. Uh, I have a Master's of, of Education in um, Higher Education Leadership. And I have a Education Doctorate in Leadership and Professional Practice with my research being in um, rape culture. Well, after I completed the research and went back and thought about the shit is actually in uh, systemic rape culture, but yeah, I'm doing a damn thing. And now I'm working towards completing my sex coaching certification and a marriage and family therapy master. So I'm doing things. I need to stop. I'm going to stop. Um, in that last part, my family does not know about. Um, they don't even know. But <laughs> if they listen to this podcast, congrats. Now you know. I'm still in school, but this was paid for, so that's great. Um, the first degree to actually ever see my worth and just be like, you know what, we need to go ahead and pay you to be here to take these classes because we see what you got. We see what you can do. We like you. 
these other schools was just like, you know what, nigga, fuck you. Pay us. Oh, mind you, let me tell y'all the reason why I went to uh, Tennessee uh, to begin with. I was originally planning on taking like a year from going into my doctorate program, but this this was a warning sign. This was a whole ass warning sign. Oh my God. But no, you wanted to overlook it because you want to see the better things in people. You want to see the better things in institutions and programs. This is your fucking problem, Vernon. This is your motherfucking problem. Okay, I had to talk to myself for a second. But so what happened was <laughs> I applied, got into the school that I wanted to get into, uh, and I chose to um go to that school because i knew that out-of-state tuition is great for the school's funding which means they get a lot more money when you have a graduate student who's from out of state so i was like you know what let me give back to the black people because i love black people because yes um but i was like let me do this um so i can um uh, make sure that they have um better outcomes for their students so i'm going to pay this higher tuition and all this other stuff and do what needs to be done but i was going to wait a year before i actually started uh, i was going to um, take weekend classes with them until you know i easily uh, easily transitioned into Nashville but I learned that well yeah I was going to take weekend classes because it was advertising weekend classes on their website but um not wait a year but they um I found out after I was accepted that oh no that's we don't do that I don't know why that was on the website uh, I think that's for the um the K through 12 side, but the higher ed, no, our classes are Monday through Wednesday. So you'll actually have to be here in Nashville on campus to, you know, take these classes because, um, yeah, we don't do that here. <laughs> so yeah, that happened. So I decided, oh, okay, y'all tell me this in um, May. Actually, I think yeah, it was late May. Y'all tell me this in May. Uh, no, it was early May. It was early May. Uh, and classes start in August. And my uh, last day on this job is June um, before the next semester starts, which is in um, the third week of June. I was uh, an instructor at the time. Um, and this position doesn't end until September, yet in my rent, well, my apartment lease is up in July. None of these dates are connecting, none of them. So at that moment, I realized I have a very huge decision to make. Do I want to go half a month without getting paid? I got paid at the end of the month, so it kind of played out in a way to benefit me but huh, i have to pay for um a new deposit i have to move start a new job and let these people know i won't be returning for the next semester with the students i love with the population i wanted to be teaching and all this other shit. i have to leave my dream job because 
y'all did not do weekend classes that actually benefited me. But, and I did. I made it work somehow because, you know, magic. Black boy magic. <laughs> we got it too. But, uh, yeah, I had to do all this shit and I did it. And I made it work. And somehow, 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 it all worked out. Um, but yeah, here I am today uh, <laughs> with one of y'all's favorite podcasts. It's the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. So now let me let me go ahead and transition to some fun shit because I know y'all are tired of hearing everything that I had to talk about. And again, I appreciate y'all if y'all stuck around through all this. This is going to be like the only like I don't know how long this episode is going to be but I hope y'all enjoy every single minute if y'all have any questions if y'all have any concerns worries anything you just want to reach out to me and talk about feel free to do so like uh, email me uh, I definitely do pay attention to the email and I will respond uh, you can even comment on the uh, Slater's Playhouse YouTube channel I will respond there too I I, I, I love the engagement uh, honestly uh, even if you're on if you download the Podbean app you can even comment and reach out to me that way too it doesn't matter I, I don't mind responding to you all um, uh, ooh, so this question Never have I ever had a sexual fling with someone 10 years older or younger than myself. Um, let's go ahead and put yes, I have. Uh, I've had a sexual fling with some uh, older people. Uh, I don't really um, mesh well with people that's my age. Not, I'm not saying that it's not possible because it is possible, but um, younger, not really, because um, I used to work in higher education. Most um, <laughs> most people younger than me, I just automatically, okay, kid. Um, have I fooled around with someone that's like five, seven? Uh, my ex was actually younger than me too. But um, you know, I, I fooled around with people that were, were younger than me, not 10 years though. Um, because like probably someone 20, um, no one that's in their teens, that doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I think the youngest was like 20. Um, and I'm like 20, I'm 29 now. And I think, yeah, it was 20. But older, definitely I've hooked up with someone that's older than me. I've, when I was like, when I was, younger like 22 i actually hooked up with somebody that was twice my age and uh it was consensual it wasn't one of those creepy um things going on trying to manipulate it was actually just for the sex of things uh for the experience um for the experience points yes exp y'all i did it for the exp uh and leveled up i leveled up <laughs> let me stop <laughs> let me stop but yeah i i definitely have um let's see let's do a would you rather would you rather have your lover kiss every square inch of your body already i'm feeling this uh or have you or, or have your lover lick you from head to toe bitch both 
<laughs> what kind of fucking question is this? So, okay, because I know I fucked that up when re- reading it. So, would you rather have your lover kiss every square inch of your body or have your lover lick lick you from head to toe? And still, the answer is both. Like, you can do both of those. Like, this is not a basic man. Well, okay, I do want to be treated like a basic motherfucker, but I'm not basic. We could do both. Like, it's both really an option here. I know I have to choose between the two, but like, how are you feeling that day? Today, I might feel feel like getting kisses. Why does it have to be square inch? Is your lips even square inches? Like, what is the circumference of your fucking lip? <laughs> the same circumference of that dude. Oh, I'm joking. I don't do oral like that. You know, that's that would be a nice pickup line. No, it really won't. It would not. If you're attractive enough, it could be. I'm attractive enough. You know, I'm going to ask somebody that. What is the uh, circumference of your lips? And then let them respond and then respond, this dick. Do y'all not see that? Do y'all not see that magic? Do you not? I know y'all see that shit. I know. I'm using that. I'm using that. If you are going to use that, let me know. Let me know if you're going to use that because... See, this is why I cannot, well, I was going to say this is why I cannot be in a relationship because I'd be doing some stupid shit like that. But this is also the reason why I probably should be in a relationship so I can send those text messages. (laughs) Hey, I just want to know, what is this the circumference of your lips? Wait, what you mean? Do you not know what the circumference is? Here, here's the definition, you know, just a little circular and it's like, uh, I don't know. How am I supposed to know that? Oh, well, you know, this dick will help you find out. <laughs> okay, let me stop being evil. Um, <clears throat> yes, that that's that is going to be my line now. Now, a sex question. Um do you ever feel guilty or ashamed after having sex? Tell me more. Um, I have felt guilty um, after having sex once. And I also felt ashamed after having sex once too. Uh, let's talk about it. So um, I, I know the ashamed one comes from me not feeling as though I performed well enough, uh, like to standard, like to my standard. Um, so uh, I've I've had that uh, quite often, really. And um, it was like those situations where I uh, was more horny and didn't really care who I was hooking up with as long as it was like safe sex happening um and I would say those are also rooted in uh, those guilty experiences too because uh it was like I know I cheated myself out of something that could have been better or I um I know I could have done better for myself therefore why am I treating myself like a two-penny whore when I know I'm top-notch. 
Um, not no offense to those who are two penny whores, because y'all do y'all, because like I support your work <laughs> and I love it for you. But um, like I don't know. It was um those moments where I really devalued my own self worth uh, in order to just have a quick hookup and. Um, I, I know that happened, um, not as frequently, um, but it, it has happened, uh, in the past. Um, most definitely if I went on a trip somewhere with the sole intentions of being a hoe and I have not had the opportunity of being a hoe, I do feel like ashamed that I didn't accomplish my mission or feel guilty that I did not accomplish my mission uh, of having sex um, or um, I lower my standard because it's like okay since I'm here I really wanted to put some use in this hotel room that I paid all this money for mostly because you know I, you know, just wanted the security of it all. Um, and then y'all didn't, the person that I either went to go see didn't show up or was on some BS, whatever it is. <clears throat> I'm just like, well, you know, why, why did I waste my time? Um, why, why did I put myself in this situation and shit like that? But <clears throat> I guess, well, that's just asking after having sex. So since I didn't have sex, yeah, but I would say that that's, that's where some of my guilt and ashamed, uh, feelings of being ashamed come from. Um, but if it is after sex, it's mostly for not performing the way I want it to and um, getting too tired uh, when I know I could last a lot longer. Um, but typically, mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, so I'll say, yeah, that, that would be it. What other question? You know, look, we're getting four questions, uh, four things today. <clears throat> oh, so, ooh. So um, this question is, when did you lose your virginity to whom and where? So um, this, this is a, a dual <laughs> answer. So um, if you read the central guide on how to be a hoe, uh, I do mention that I lost my virginity uh, when I was a lot younger, um, like I was a baby. So I don't really count that as the moment I lost my virginity. Uh, I count the day I willingly and consensually decided to have sex. <clears throat> so we're going with that one. So I lost my virginity at age 19. I was in college. Um, this happened when I was uh, home visiting on, um, what was it, fall break. <clears throat> which they gave us like two days, uh, like it was a Thursday and Friday situation and then the weekend. But um, yep, lost my virginity during fall break. And the person I lost it with, I forgot his name. Honestly, I really did forget his name. We had like a whole two hour conversation before we even hooked up or well, had sex. And uh, we 
talked about life. It was it wasn't anything too crazy, nothing too uh, serious. It was just we're here chatting. Uh, they already knew that I was a uh, virgin at the time, and uh, I wanted to um, take things slow, so that helped out. And we had sex outside, which was actually a lot of fun. Um, we also had sex on trampoline, which was also a lot of fun. And then we had sex on the um, back porch. So it was a lot of fun, y'all. <laughs> um, so I know some people don't have that uh, kind of experience when it comes to their um, virginity story, but you know, I'm just happy I had it with that person uh, and not some of these other mofos out here who don't really care about consent and listening to you or having those conversations because some would just do whatever they want with your body and not give a damn. Uh, that could be top or bottom uh, or verse or anything in between. So it's like, that's that's what happened there with um, some other people, but for mine, it wasn't it wasn't anything necessarily super crazy or anything bad. It was actually very mutual, and that that experience in itself helped me realize that you know when I am out here engaging with people, uh, it is better for me to really trust who I'm having sex with and make sure that they are going to respect me just as much as that first person respecting my body and my concerns. So, yeah. So, um, for those who may be virgins out here, be responsible uh, in terms of who you choose to um, have sex with and make sure that they are listening to you and make sure that you uh, are communicate, communicating with them with your needs and your expectations in terms of the sex and don't, and don't put too much pressure on yourself either. Uh, it may not be as great as you want it to be. It may, it may uh, go beyond what you uh, what you expected it, but go into your first experience with the open mind and take it slow. Um, <clears throat> don't rush rush the process. Don't rush your sexual experience at all. Embrace it and enjoy it. Um, and my first sexual experience um, with this person was. Uh, in terms of uh, anal, because I want uh, I've been curious about trying that uh, for a while, and I gave it a try, and I did enjoy it. Um, I I remember my first time topping; it was not as great as I wanted to be, but it was also still enjoyable. It was still kind of fun uh, for me and that person, even though they were more in a rush than I was. So um, that was kind of an issue but um I enjoyed myself it was fine um, <laughs> um but yeah it's you just choose people that you um do feel comfortable with uh exploring those options with rather than just jumping into the things huh <sighs> okay and this episode is still going. Oh my God, Vernon, what are you doing? 
So here are those announcement that I, announcements that I promised. Uh, I'm also going to try to do another recording so I can put this into like the ether or in, within the episodes to um, let people know during the process or during that break. But the show will be uh, taking a, a mid-season break uh, in July, so you're not going to get any new content. If I do release something, it's probably going to be related to the Dismantle the Culture podcast. So the, uh, I'm going to get back to that. But the, uh, with the show being on break, uh, we will be returning in August on that first Wednesday in August. I think that's August 1st. I don't know for sure. I forgot. But the episodes will still be released um, <clears throat> on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So everything's going to be the same. I do know how I plan on ending out the first season. Um, and I'm probably going to be following the same pattern um, every year going forward. There's not going to be any episodes uh, released in December. Uh, just to let everybody know that. So, yeah. But be on the lookout for November, by the way. Uh, this will be my third year doing November. And uh, for those who are new to it, Welcome. So the first November I did was uh, when I was in Memphis. Uh, well, it started off when I was in Memphis, but um, uh, it's, it's, it's a month all about embracing your sexuality and whatnot. And sometimes that means being a hoe. And I hold, I hold like no other hoe hold uh <laughs> that started in memphis but um it's um the way i did it back then like i might do i might travel this year too but in uh november is all about uh embracing your sexuality as well as reflecting on your sexuality um last year was when i made it a little bit more structured and you can find the november posts on the Slater's Playhouse IG page, um, they're still there. And that included some um, like reflect, reflective um, reflection questions as well as some health, uh, sexual health facts. So that will be continuing this year. And I might be doing a little twist in terms of the podcast now that I have a whole podcast, bitches. <laughs> Yes, I'm evil, okay? I'm in my villain arc, and I love it here. If you're not in your villain arc, go to therapy. Stop giving a fuck about other people and what they have to say, and enjoy the villain villainy, y'all. It's amazing here. It's We have healthcare here. Bitch. Villains got healthcare. Yes, but... <laughs> Let me stop. But yeah, um, be a villain. Um, so yes... November is coming around, and I want to do something special this year in terms of the podcast, too. I am collecting facts. That's one of the things I'm going to be working on next month um, during, the, uh, during the break. Um, what else? What else? Um, season two. Um, that will be next year. I don't know why I'm thinking about that right now. It's probably it's going to be starting in March. So December to March, you, you're not going to get any episodes. December is off for me, and I'm trying to secure that for my um, jobs as well. Do not think I'm going to be here in the month of December. I'm not going to be here. If you're thinking about fire me, fire me, ho. I don't care. I'm not going to be here in December. 
I got traveling that I want to do. I got people I want to see, and I got hoeing that needs to happen. I don't, mm, I'm not going to be here in December. Not going to be here in December, in any December. I'm not used to working in December. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> I'm not going to be here in December. No, I'm not going to be here. Mm, mm, mm. You said what? December 1st? Mm. Is that December? I'm not going to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. I already got to. But um, <laughs> yes. So um, what was, what was I doing? Y'all got me into de December now. Jesus. Oh, okay. So yeah, we're taking a break. Uh, I am still recording episodes during um, July, uh, and we'll still be editing everything to make sure that we get uh, um, this content calendar created. If you are interested in coming on to the podcast and, you know, being a guest, you are more than welcome to do so. Again, join the conversation, subscribe and join the conversation. You can also find the uh, information about how to be a guest on the Holiloquy Podcast website. Of course, I'm going to have that information at the end of the episode of how to spell Holiloquy if you do not know how to spell it now. So go to the website and you do have to put www. Uh, I hate that it won't let me just do holiloquy.com, but you actually do have to spell out like the www. is annoying as fuck. So <clears throat> yes, that will be available to everybody. Uh, I, I think I link, do I link the podcast website in the show notes? I feel like I do. I think I do. So look, check the show notes too, just in case if you uh, want the instant cl click. And um, Yes um something else oh <clears throat> the dismantle the pot uh dismantle the culture podcast so because i've been working on um getting a lot of things together i haven't been able to uh record for that podcast in a while so what i'm deciding to do is just join the two so what you would have seen on the dismantle the culture podcast i'm going to make available to everybody through the holiloquy podcast so i am going to re-upload some of those episodes throughout the month of july so you all have that just in case well just so y'all can have something to listen to while you're waiting uh it is going to be considered bonus episodes uh and i do want to still do some of those interviews i had planned out for the dismantle the culture podcast on the holiloquy podcast so there will be a lot more bonus episodes everybody and the purpose of that podcast is to uh, educate people on rape culture uh, which we are already do have a section of rape culture within the holiloquy podcast under the topics but this was going to dive into a lot more of the nitty-gritty of, of it all and the expectations of that podcast was to build revenue so that I can actually develop an online course that I wanted to do based off of my research. Um, and I'm still planning on doing that because it's needed and it's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to definitely get the financial support somehow, but it's going to happen regardless because it's, it's needed is needed to happen. Um, that course is going to be developed regardless of how anybody else feels. So yes, uh, I think that's all my announcements. 
Um, if not, I do apologize. If it is, I did what I needed to do. So, um, yes, y'all got to hear my voice for damn near two hours. I'm not editing this at all. Um, I'm still going to put my, you know, my little music and my little intro thing up in there. So y'all have that. I'm, I'm going to have to find that in this two hour long video. Yeah, I'm not sitting down to do all that editing. So what you hear is what you hear. And I also need to make sure that this um, these headphones sound great. Uh, and I'm not recording a second time. So <laughs> if you like the old audio, it's going to be back. If you like this audio a little bit more, then it might be the new thing. Um, just let me know. Y'all let me know. I need feedback. I do be needing feedback sometimes. So other than that, thank you all so much for listening to the Holiloquy podcast where we step out and speak on sexuality. Just in case no one else told you this today, you are beautiful. You are worthy of happiness and joy. You are enough and then some. You may not live up to the expectations of others, but that is okay. You are only required to walk in your own shoes. May each day you live lead you towards abundance. With that said, love you all and see you next episode. Bye, y'all. If you or someone you know and love are battling with thoughts of suicide, we ask that you reach out and talk to someone. You are not alone. I have battled with similar thoughts, so I understand how you are feeling in this moment. You are not weak. You are not a burden. You are a person with valid pain and experiences. You are loved. If you are in that headspace where you cannot see the brighter side of life or just wanting to end it all, please reach out to the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. If you're not ready to talk on the phone or if you just prefer to text, the crisis text line can be reached by texting HOME to 741-741. Again, text HOME to 741-741. Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, and we hope you're still with us for our next episodes. Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation. <laughs>